0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. To Ephesians chapter 6. Stand with me if you will. We'll read some words here. A few weeks ago, our pastor started a a series on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, and uh, I'm going to do a part of that tonight. I really felt like it. I I texted him today and I asked him if he minded if I if I had a word on on the armor on the series that he was doing, and he said he thought that would be good. And so, therefore, I knew it was confirmation, and so we went. I went with it, um, and it really, really spoke to me all afternoon. Actually, all week. We're just going to read one verse of Scripture tonight. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 14. It says, stand, therefore. Say stand. Somebody say stand. Stand, therefore. We can preach on that, can't we? Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Say breastplate of righteousness. One more time. Stand, therefore having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this night. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit, Lord, that we feel here today. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will among us tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd let your word, Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord. Let it speak to our souls, God. And we may be changed to be more like you, Lord, tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. As I always do, I want to thank everybody for being out being here tonight. I want to thank, for, thank you for the opportunity to stand before you and to break the bread of life with you. Um, I count it as an honor. I want to give honor to my pastor. Um, I want to give honor to my bishop. And uh, without them, I probably wouldn't be here. Amen. They did, have done a lot of praying for me. If, he, if you, they prayed for you, Give it, you can raise your hand. Amen. But he started this... Uh, he started this... Uh, series on the armor of God now the armor whenever you speak armor you speak of war and whether you spell it a a-r-m-o-r or a-r-m-o-u-r just <laughs> Tory, and I had a little thing going today where you, uh, you spell armor Well, in the old English you spell it with a u and in our English you spell it with just an o-r right but whether or not you sp- however you spell it armor denotes a military aspect right it, it denotes somebody is going to need some protection, right? So you understand, though, that without, without, this, without this protection, that we are vulnerable, right? Uh, you, you know, you talk about how wearing, you know, a soldier goes out to battle, he wears a helmet, you know, protect his head. He wears the armor around. I know now they have body armor, you know, different parts of body armor. Um, they, you know, have gloves or boots, you know, steel-toed boots, whatever. Whatever do you, that you wear would be protection, right? Defense. Somebody say amen. So spiritual warfare is something that we should expect as Christians, okay? Now, I want to I go over that just for a few minutes. I've got a couple things to say about spiritual warfare, okay? Now, whenever we say it, it's kind of—some people just cringe, you know. They, they think that it's some kind of a mystical thing that only certain people uh, in the congregation are going to engage in. You know, there's just certain people that are called to that, and that's just the falsehood, okay? We are all called— to do some spiritual warfare, okay? Now, it's a change of thinking, right? A change of thinking and living that you do in your life to take part in this spiritual warfare. Somebody say amen. amen. It's required of us. Galatians 5 tells us that we're supposed to walk after the spirit, right? 2 Corinthians tells us that we're supposed to war after the spirit. Amen. Correct? 2 Corinthians 10:14 says for the weapons of our war, warfare are not carnal. But mighty through God to the pouring down of strongholds. Okay? Now, at first, when we first come to the Lord, all the strongholds are where? They're right here, right? Now, who's going to. There's, you know, there's people that can come alongside of you to help you war against those strongholds in your life. But how many knows you've got to be part of it? Right? You've got to understand that there's things in your life that need to come down if you're ever going to progress to being able to contribute anything to the kingdom outside of your own life. Right? How many how many's ever been in a cycle where it seemed like every time you knelt down, you were praying for you? Right? Okay, when there's things going on in your life, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with petitioning God. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. You receive help in the time of need, Right? There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But how many know there has to come a time, okay, where you, where you, some strongholds in your life have to come down so that you may be able to step outside of your own walk and help somebody else. Somebody say amen. So brother Smith, we're talking about warfare. We're talking about, this is not a game. Okay. You know, they talk about, you know, how the army, well, they'll go and they'll get with the country and they'll play war games They'll you know, practice. This is not war games. This is life and death stuff. This is life and death for our soul. We, we should get up every morning understanding that today's not a day to take the day off. Today's not a day that we should lay around. Today's not a day to spiritually take a step backward. Today is a day to advance. Somebody say amen. So we understand that if we, uh, we start to put these things in place in our life, then we can start to engage in the battle outside our own little bubble. How I many knows that we have this little bubble around us and we only we seem like we're only affected by things that are affecting us? Amen. In Ezekiel, uh, in Ezekiel, there was a, a script, a passage of scripture where, where the, the Lord said, told the angels that he was going to destroy the city, and he told the angels, he said, fly through the city. And he said, I want you to put a mark on each person, each man, that sighs and cries for the abominations that are going on. How many knows that we can be grieved in our spirit about things that are happening outside of our little bubble? Somebody say, "Amen." that's spirit. That's part of spiritual warfare. It's not mystical. It's not in the Old Testament. You know, they had the priests that went before the Lord. How many Hebrews tells us we're all kings and priests, right? So we all have to understand that we have a part in this spiritual battle. If we ever endeavor to do anything outside of our own little condition here, of our own little four walls that we live in, of our own little life that we live, if we ever expect to do anything outside of that, we got to get a hold of these principles, right? we got to understand that there is a battle. There is a war being fought. Somebody say Amen. Another thing I want to mention real quick is fear, okay? We can't talk about war without talking about fear, right? How many knows that courage, courage isn't the absence of fear, right? It's just doing what you have to do in spite of the fear, okay? So we understand it's human, okay? It's okay to feel fear. You're just not supposed to be ruled by the fear. Somebody say amen. You're not. It's not supposed to control your actions. It's not supposed to invade your thoughts. Every time a situation comes up, you can't. You can't approach everything in your life in a in a spirit of fear. Somebody say Amen. It doesn't belong. All through the Old Testament, be strong and have good courage. Right? In in Revelation, I believe it's 21. It says he says that the first one of the first uh, persons thrown in the lake of fire are those with unbelief and fear. Okay, so we understand that cowards have no place here. Okay, and once again, it doesn't mean that you can't be afraid. It just means that you're going to do what you have to do in spite of being afraid. Somebody say amen. So let's move forward. So whole armor. Okay, understand that armor is only for those that are going to fight. Right? You got. There's no reason for you to put for a soldier to put on all of his gear when he's in the barracks. Right? There's no. There's no reason for the guy that's the desk clerk. For in the unit, he doesn't have to get all geared up, okay? Only the people that are going to be out there where the bullets are flying need their gear. Somebody say amen. So we understand when Paul says put on the whole armor of God, he's commanding it to be done because you're expected to do some battle. Somebody say amen. I went to this Renaissance Fair here a few weeks ago. Anybody ever been? Been to Renaissance? I was in Texas visiting my brother, and uh, there was this huge, it was really neat. kind of strange, but really neat, okay? Um, I think it takes us, I'm not not deriding anybody, but it takes a special person to dress up like that, you know? But there's people that work there. They do it all the time, right? So I went to this Renaissance Fair, and, you know, we're walking through the the thing, and some of the costumes were just elaborate. You know, we saw knights, and we saw uh, uh, maidens, and we saw elves, and we saw uh we saw werewolves and we saw now i'm not sure what werewolves have to do with the renaissance but werewolves we saw vikings you know they're all in their garb you know we saw mock battles you know we went and watched them joust and they're the good guys versus the bad guys you know you're supposed to cheer you know and do all these chants it was pretty neat right but i got really close to a couple of those people and i noticed that the armor wasn't real i because i was like man that must be heavy doing all that stuff, and one of the guys in the, in the show walked by me, and it was pretty close, and I was like, that's not, that's not real, okay? How many knows that there's things that look real, but don't do any good once the real shooting starts, okay? How many knows they, they don't make bulletproof vests out of pillows, right? You're not going to strap a pillow to you and go out in a gunfight. I read this article about these two guys, and they didn't seem very smart to me, but there was a disturbance, and the, they're shooting late at night, and the cops showed up, and these two guys had been drinking, and they decided they were going to test if this bulletproof jet vest they had worked. So they were taking turns putting it on and shooting each other. Okay? Now that takes some faith, right? How many knows that a bulletproof vest is only as good as what it's made of? Okay? a breastplate, brother Smith, brother Charlie. It's only as good as what it's made of. You don't put a, a breastplate made out of aluminum foil and go out to battle. Somebody say amen. And how many of you knows that when you when the soldiers took a step out, they knew what they were wearing, so they could they could fight with confidence knowing that their their chest was protected. And now now if you you stepping out in a gun battle, you're not real sure if your bulletproof vest work, you know, you're, you know, rather than, you know, right? So you got to understand if I'm, if I'm going out to do battle and I got to worry about my, if my breastplate works, I'm not going to be a very effective soldier. Somebody say amen. Now, I saw say all that to say this. There's a true, there's a true breastplate of righteousness born of true righteousness born of the righteousness that the Lord gives us, right? And there's two different kinds. We'll get that in a minute. And then there's a fake righteousness, which breeds a fake breastplate, which breeds false protection. Somebody say amen. Now, understand that, let's read, let's read a couple of verses of Scripture. Uh, let's go to uh, Romans 4. I want to hear everybody turn the pages. Well, I know everybody has it on their phone these days. I mean, I like pages. I like pages. I like books. Romans chapter 4. We're going to learn a new word tonight. You like to learn words? I didn't hear one amen. Anybody like learning words? Man, am I the only one? Brother Trent raised his hand. I love learning words. There's just something about understanding that I love. Okay. I'll seek it all day long. Okay. Romans chapter four, verse 21 through 25. Let's read it. Talking about Abraham here. It says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him. Check that mark. You know, underline it. Check, check it. And remember that word imputed. It was, imp- say it Imputed. Imputed. It was imputed to him, but for, who, uh, for, but for us also, say us, that's us. That's you and me, right? For us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Now that word imputed, okay, let's look at it. Now the definition out of the dictionary, it says, and this is very interesting, okay, ascribe to someone by virtue of a similar quality in another. Hmm. Okay, let's put that on the back burner. Now let's read the definition of imputed righteousness. Doctrine that a sinner is declared righteous by... I want you to stay with me. This is going to get a little bit tedious, but we're going somewhere really neat. You're going to like it. Doctrine that a sinner is declared righteous by God purely... Somebody say purely. Purely by God's grace through faith in Christ... And thus all depends on merit and worthiness of Christ, right? Rather than one's own merit and worthiness. So here we have this righteousness that's given to us that we didn't earn, okay? Matter of fact, we can't earn, okay? We understand that our first righteousness that we experience is righteousness that is given to us by Jesus Christ who died for us and therefore his life. His perfect, sinless life. His righteousness is delivered to us because we aspire to be like Him. Okay, we choose to die to ourselves, to raise up and walk a newness of life, in order to receive His righteousness. Some may say, "Amen." Now, understand now what we said by imputed. Okay, imputed goes the other way too. How many knows that when we were born, sin is imputed to us? Okay. A little baby, as innocent as that little baby looks, is born in sin. The Bible says, David said, in, in sin was I, was I born, or in sin was I shapen. In my, my mother's womb, in iniquity was I shapen, right? So he understood that, that because of who we are, because we come from Adam, okay, because we're human, we are born. Sin is imputed to us, okay? It says, ascribed to someone by virtue of a similar quality in another. Adam's sin nature Went down the line until it got to you and me. Okay? Now, anything we can do about that? There's one thing. And that's dying to ourself. Rise up in newness of life. Be buried in baptism. Raised in newness of life. Receive the spirit. Be born into the kingdom. And then we can walk in newness of life, okay? By virtue of imputed righteousness that we didn't learn. How great is that? Okay? Now, anybody ever been in trouble before? I saw no hand. Oh, one hand. I have been. I've been in trouble before. How awesome would it have been if the day you went to court, you stood by, by the judge and said, oh, I was wiped out. You're related to uh, so-and-so. And we're going to ascribe his qualities, his virtues to you. Okay? How awesome would that have been? Okay, but would you have learned a lesson from that? That's another That's another message, though, right? Let's go to Psalms 32. We're on a good path here. We're on a good path here. Th- Psalms 32. I love the word. Psalms 32, verses 1 and 2. This is David. He says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Whoo! I'm blessed. Mm. How many people are blessed if have had your transgressions forgiven? All the things you used to be, all the things you used to think, all that mess that you were in, you're not there now. Amen. Somebody say amen. Blessed is he whose transgression is, is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Do you know the Lord doesn't see my sin anymore? You know, the ones that I've put under the blood, they're gone. He says he removes them as far as the east is from the west. Right? I heard an old preacher say one time, he put he throws it in the sea of forgiveness and puts up a no fishing sign. Okay, nobody's allowed to bring those back. Okay? Now, if the devil brings those devil bring those back to you, won't he? And all you got to do is say, Forgiven. I'm forgiven. Okay, there's no more condemnation for me there. Okay, I'm forgiven. I'm in, the, I'm in the Lord now. I'm in the Lord now. All that's gone. Amen? Somebody say amen. It says, blessed is the man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Amen. Now, let's stop reading right there, and I want to talk a little bit. This is the first kind. Of righteousness that God gives us. Okay, now, this this righteousness that He gives us, it's not based on race. It's not based on money, how much money you have or you don't have. It's not based on how much you just get, you give all your stuff away and live live on the street. Just give all your stuff to the poor and live on the street. Now that's admirable if you want to do that. That's not that's not got anything to do with righteousness, right? It's nothing that we can do. We all come through that same door, which is Jesus Christ. We all come through that same gate. He said, anybody that seeketh to come not through that gate is a thief and a robber. Attempts to climb up some other way. He said, he's not a, he's a thief and a robber, right? So we all start at the same place. I don't care what you've done or where you've been. I don't care how good you've been. I don't care if you've just never, you spent a goody two shoes your whole life. You, when you come to the Lord, you start where I start. And I guarantee you, I was not goody two shoes. Okay. I needed a savior. Okay. So how many understand that this has nothing, that right there has nothing to do with who, uh, with us other than the fact that we choose him. We recognize our need. Okay. We recognize the need in our life. When we come to a place where we say, I can't do it myself. I, I can't, I have none of the answers, Lord. I need you. Okay. I believe, you know, it says we, we confess our faith right? In the Lord, we believe on the Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Amen? We believe that, 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 what he, that he came and died for our sins, that he lived a sinless life, was born of a virgin. Amen? We understand that, right? We believe that. That's the first set of righteousness. Now, let's read on in here. And it's kind of, David kind of alludes to something else here. It says, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. And then it goes on and says, And in whose spirit There is no guile okay now there's two different things right okay the Lord didn't impute the iniquity but there's no guile in the man okay now what's that tell us that tells us there's another kind of righteousness that's going to be imputed to us that has a little more to do with us okay now I'm gonna explain to what what I mean by that so I'm gonna introduce another idea here okay Hebrews 12 14 says, Without holiness we can't see the Lord. Okay? So we can't live how we want to live and see the Lord. Okay? Now, I wanna once once and for all, I wanna I wanna I wanna start. I want to I wanna um, I want to say I don't want to offend anyone. Okay. I don't this is not I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm not trying to attack anyone or wherever anyone comes from. Okay? But you can backslide. Okay? Be- just because you pray one prayer or raise your hand at an altar service or respond to one altar call does not secure your soul for eternity. Okay? There's nothing in the Word that, there's nothing biblical about that idea. Okay? Now, let's go on. So, imparted righteousness, this, this righteousness is not imputed, it's imparted. Okay? It's sanctification. Through the working of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, the idea that one needs to uh, that that one can pray one time or accept the Lord as their Savior. I mean, was, that's not biblical either. Okay, we come to Him because we need Him. We need Him to accept us, right? He's offered it. Oh, we gotta we we gotta we gotta come and do the things that we're told to do in order for Him to accept us. Correct. Now, doing anything other than what the Bible tells us to do is a false righteousness, producing a false holiness, producing a false breastplate of righteousness, producing vulnerability in your life. Everybody hear that? So there's a true righteousness, and there's a false righteousness. Somebody say amen. Now, carnality is the enemy of our righteousness. Somebody say amen. You you know as well as I do that just because you've knelt one time and prayed, you you could even have had the Holy Ghost for 20 years. If you let your guard down, your carnality is going to rise up, right? Paul said, who will save me from the body of this death? Okay, this guy's writing half the New Testament and he's struggling with his carnality, right? So we have to understand that this is something that you got to put your foot on. Okay, the old flesh is like, you know, you, can't, can't, turn your, you ever, can't turn my back on you for a minute. Okay, you cannot turn your back on yourself for one minute. <laughs> Isn't that scary? Okay, but in whose spirit there is no guile? And What does that mean? That means that we're, number one, we're honest with God the Lord, we're honest with the folks around us, and we're honest with ourselves, okay? Transparent, okay? What does that mean? That means that you're going to walk humbly before the Lord, okay? You're going to approach every day as a day that you need a Savior, amen. I woke up this morning, I needed a Savior, okay? Now, I wasn't where I was five years ago. But I still need a savior. Every day that I wake up, my feet touch, I need a savior. How many how many understand what I'm talking about? I need him. I need his grace every day. I need his power every day. James 314 says, But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. How many's ever been in a service where the conviction hits you because he's preaching right to you. Okay. Now there's two ways to respond then, right? You could say, that's not me. Okay. You run for the door. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as it's over, you run for the door and, you know, hope he doesn't mention it to you again. Right. That's one way. Is that lying against the truth? Yeah, of course. Then there's another way where you walk humbly before the lord. And when he's when the, when the when the word's going forth and it's reaching into your heart and it's convicting you of something that's wrong in your life, you receive that and say, "God, forgive me. Lord, help me change by your power, not by mine. By your power, Lord, help me change. I don't want to be that anymore." Okay? That's that's walking before that's that's accepting the imputed righteousness and not having any guile in your heart right? That's understanding who you are and what you are. Some people cannot fathom them ever needing the Lord again. They think they're, how many ever known anybody like that? Like a holier than thou person. Okay. Now, if you're like that, that's an enemy to your righteousness. That's an enemy to your breastplate. Okay. Because you can't, you know, it said in Isaiah about the, about, uh, I can't remember the scripture, maybe like chapter 65, where he says, He said he's talking about some folks, and he said, uh, they they say, stand not next to me, okay? I am holier than thou. And the Bible said that the Lord said, that's smoke in my nostrils, okay? Remember the story that Jesus told about the two men praying? Uh, A pastor talked about it a couple weeks ago. And he said that one stood there, thank God I'm not like this guy, okay? But the other guy said, have mercy on me, a sinner, Lord, okay? Who has guile in their heart? Okay, it's pretty clear that when you break it down like that, it's pretty clear. Amen. Verse John 1 7 says, I love this scripture says it for if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Okay, God has God shows light into our lives a little bit at a time and some beautiful message that that pastor preached one time about Ruth and how that when Boaz got her coming to the field that he left her a handful extra handful of, of wheat or corn or whatever it was, an extra handful every day, a little handful of purpose, a reason to go back. Amen. That's what the Lord does for us, right? Paul gives us a little more light, a little more light, you know, just illuminates us a little more, reveals a little more to, of himself to us each and every day. If we'll reach for it, if we'll pick up what he's laid down, you know, you ever, you ever try to, you know, you see on the cartoons where they're they're trying to catch the rabbit or whatever, and they put a, some carrots in a line, and they got a box, you know, th- th- thinking the rabbit's going to keep coming, you know, picking up whatever's left, right? That's the Lord. He's, lead, he's leading, your, leading your path, leading your feet, illuminating your life. Somebody say amen. It says, for if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one to another. If I'm walking, if, say, uh, Brother Smith's been saved however many years, he's been say, what, 100? Uh, 95? My bad. and I've been saved five minutes, but I'm walking in all the light I have, we can walk in fellowship. Somebody say, I don't care. He knows, a thousand, he knows a thousand percent more than me, okay? But because I'm walking in what I know, and I'm not lying, there's no guile in me, I'm not lying about who I am, what I am, and I'm, I'm trying to strive to be the best I'm. Like we can walk in fellowship right that's what it's talking about right there if we walk in the light if you walk in the light as he is in the light we can have fellowship one another and all of our sins are cleansed right it doesn't matter if we even know that we're sinning right that that's the grace okay that's the grace right there somebody say amen that's imputed righteousness imputed righteousness imparted righteousness i should say it demands and depends on obedience You cannot walk in revelation. You can't walk in righteousness without obedience. Somebody say amen. John 14, 21 said, he that hath my commandments, okay, you have them and keepeth them. It is he that loveth me. Okay, so if I have his commandments and I don't keep them, the implication there is I don't love them. Okay, so that goes the window of you pray once and you, you know, you're good forever. Okay. He who hath my commandments, all the commandments are right here. This is, it's, they're all right here. He who has them and he keeps them to the best of his ability. It's he that loveth me. Okay. Let's read on. He says, and he that loveth me shall what? Shall be loved of my father. Okay. So if you're going to keep my commandments, okay. Okay. You're going to love me. I'm going to love you, you. My dad, the father's going to love you, okay? And I will love them and will manifest myself to them. Now, how does he manifest himself, okay? Second Peter 1, 4 says, Wherefore, given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye may, might be partakers, somebody say partakers, of the divine nature, the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, okay? How, we, how, he partake, how he imparts his righteousness to us is by making us partakers of his divine nature, okay? What does that mean? That means every day I'm striving to be a little more like him and a little less like me, okay? And it doesn't happen easy, and it doesn't happen quickly, Okay? But it's a lot of small steps. It's a lot of small, good decisions strung together. And then one day you open your eyes and you're like, wow, something happens. You're like, wow, man, build your faith because you responded in a whole different way than you ever would have before. And you start to begin to think, how far have I come? How much? You, know, you don't even realize you ever see somebody you haven't seen in a while, like a child that's growing. And they just seem so big, like they grew that much overnight. But if you see them every day you know, the growth's less visible, right? We see ourselves every day, the growth's less visible, but then somebody comes around us, man, you're different. How many's ever heard that? Man, you're not, you're not the same, right? That's a good thing. Somebody say amen. We are made partakers by the indwelling of the Spirit. The divine nature, by placing our bodies on the altar as a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1, we can come to Him and he can dwell in us. First Peter 1 2 it says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Listen to this, through sanctification of the Spirit, okay, unto obedience. Whew. Let's read that again. He's, he's greeting the people. He says, The elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Do you understand that if you walk, and you're walking after the Spirit unto obedience, that peace will come to your life? Amen. That's what he said, peace, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Yeah. Somebody say, Amen. That's, that's good news. Sanctification unto obedience allows us to put on the new, the new man, right? Galatians 3.10 says, And having put on the new man, which was renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Okay? Okay. <laughs> you put on the new man. You're, not, you're less like yourself today than you were yesterday. You're slowly putting on Christ. True holiness. That's true holiness. It's not a look. It's not a set of speech. It's not a set of words. It's not some special knowledge that you have. It's walking every day in the light that God has given you in your life. And being honest with you, being honest with him, okay? Being honest with everybody around you about who you are, what you are. That's holiness, okay? And you're going to change. I promise you. I promise you. That's how you put on the true breastplate. Acts 5.32 says, and our witness, I love the scripture, can you tell? It says, and our witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Okay. Now, Holy Ghost is a promise to us. Right? And I'm not saying it's going to come to you tomorrow if you don't have it. But it will come. I promise. If you're seeking. I promise. But it is given to him that obey him. Okay. Now. Understand that we can't pick and choose what we obey. We can't pick and choose the parts that we want to obey and expect the God to give us what he wants to give us. I didn't hear, I heard maybe two, three amens or, Okay, I'm going to say that again. Understand that we cannot pick and choose. What we obey and expect God to give us his spirit, to give us his guidance, to give us his revelation, to pour His spirit, pour himself into us. We can't expect that, right? It says, what's given to them that do not obey? It, you ever thought about that? Is the the Bible saying about that? Well, sure. It says, For because they received not the love of the truth. Okay. They heard the truth. They decided they did not want to obey the truth, so therefore they did not love the truth, okay, that they might be saved. God sent them strong delusion. So if you obey, God's giving you the Spirit. He's giving you the Holy Ghost. He's giving you Im- imparted righteousness. He's giving you sanctification. He's giving you growth. He's giving you peace. He's giving you lo- lo- all the, all the long-suffering and grace that you can handle, Right? But what are you getting if you don't love the truth? What are you getting if you do not obey? What are you getting if you choose, kind of pick and choose what parts you like and what parts you don't? You get delusion. Because somebody along the way, you're going to find somebody that's going to say, that's okay. That's okay. You don't need that part. Anyway, I don't do that either. You're going to find it. And you're going to say, yes, I knew it. Right? Then comes the delusion. Because something else is coming behind it. Because truth is built line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And so is deception. It only starts with one line, and you build on it, and you build on it, and you build on it. Anybody that's done construction understand that you get something out of square, Brother Denny. You get something out of level, Brother Hub, And the further you go, the further out it gets. And by the time you get to the end where you want to go another direction, you're way out here, right? Understand. Stubborn disobedience is the enemy of your breastplate, okay? Now, understand that thinking you have something that you don't have, okay? Anybody ever, you know, would want to jump out of a, plane with a parachute that you really weren't sure about right we were zip lining the one year and I was looking at the ropes you know I'm like looking for frayed ropes and you know rusty stuff okay I'm gonna put my life up there I'm gonna know what I'm what you know if you, you you're on an airplane and the pilot's starting to get on the runway he goes whoops What? Now what? Okay? You understand what I'm saying? But people walk year after year, day after day, hour after hour, year after year in falsehood. And know they walk in falsehood. Know that they left the knowledge of the truth. Know that they are vulnerable in their life because they don't... I'm preaching to somebody right now. I can feel it. And I don't know who you are or what's going on. Okay? But understand... That you need the truth. You need all the armor of God. And the only way to get it is through obedience. may say amen. Stand with me. Come to the music please. Times are changing folks. You don't have to watch the news very long. Or look around you very long to understand. That times are changing. Things are happening. And. There's all kinds of things happening all around us. We need the imputed righteousness of our savior. We need the imparted righteousness of our savior. We need the power of the spirit to help us stand, right? With all the things that come down the pike, okay? All the decisions that are ahead of you in your life, you need that strength to stand. Somebody say amen. we need the true breastplate of righteousness we don't need a bullet, we don't need a uh, we don't need a, a breastplate made out of tinfoil that looks real okay we don't need costume breastplates right we don't need fake things that just look good from afar okay the battle's coming and we need real armor we need true armor We need the real armor. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for each and every soul that's gathered here tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would impart your spirit to us, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in our lives. And God, I pray, Lord, that obedience and the importance of obedience can become a mainstay in our, our everyday decision-making. When we open our eyes, we understand that today's the day to take a step forward. Today's the day to walk in obedience. Today's the day to receive more of that imparted righteousness that he has for us. Today's the day to shine our breastplate. Today's the day to make sure that, it's, that it'll do what it's supposed to do when we need it to do it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know. How does a person know they have a good bulletproof vest until the bullet flies out? Right? I mean, you might wear the same one for 10 years, right? If you're a uh, police officer or whatever, military. It never gets tested until the one day it does, right? And only then does it matter what that's made of. But if it's not made of the right material, if it's defective in some way, They're going to know it right away, right? So we understand that all the things coming at us, all the difficulties coming, we need all the strength we can get. We need all the armor we can get. We need all the knowledge that we can get. We need all of the Lord that we can get. Somebody say amen. This altar's open. I think it'd be good if everybody came in, rededicated themselves to obedience. Okay? Obedience, obedience.